0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible.
1: Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where David flees to Melet, the priest who gives him the Lord's bread and Goliath's sword. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 21, on Simply the Bible. David was on the
0: run. It was now quite clear that Saul would stop at nothing to kill him, yet David had done nothing wrong. All this had come upon his head because he had a true heart for God and was a successful warrior, and Saul was envious. We continue in 1 Samuel 21. Now David came to Nob, to Ahimelech the priest. And Ahimelech was afraid when he met David and said to him, Why are you alone and no one is with you? Nob was a priestly town three miles south of Gibeah. This is where the tabernacle was now located, Although the Ark of the Covenant was still in Kiriath Jerim, Ahimelech was the great grandson of Eli. Ahimelech was the great grandson of Eli, and he thought it strange that David, who was the commander of the army and the son in law of King Saul, did not come with his usual entourage. So David said to Ahimelech the priest, The king has ordered me on some business and said to me, Do not let anyone know anything about the business on which I send you or what I have commanded you. And I have directed my young men to such and such a place. The king has ordered me on some business? David was lying. Perhaps he didn't want to endanger Ahimelech so that Saul would accuse him of helping a fugitive, if so, his plan didn't work. Or perhaps David was lying simply to save his own skin and the lives of the men who were with him. But deceit is clearly a weapon of this world. Now, therefore, what have you on hand? Give me five loaves of bread in my hand, or whatever can be found. And the priest answered David and said, There is no common bread on hand, but there is holy bread if the young men have at least kept themselves from women. And then David answered the priest and said to him, Truly, women have been kept from us about three days since I came out, and the vessels of the young men are holy, and the bread is in effect common, even though it was consecrated in the vessel this day. So the priest gave him holy bread, for there was no bread there but the show bread which had been taken from before the Lord in order to put hot bread in its place on the day when it was taken away. David had a legitimate need. They were innocent men running for their lives, but they were hungry. Unfortunately, the only bread the priest had on hand was the bread that had been placed on the table of showbread before the Lord. Each week it was removed and replaced with fresh bread. It was given to the priest to eat, but the law prohibited it from being given to anyone else. Ahimelech agreed to let David have five of the twelve loaves on the condition that the men had not had any sexual relations recently so that they would not be ceremonially unclean. David assured him that they hadn't. On one occasion, the disciples of Jesus were walking through the grain fields on the Sabbath. And they plucked heads of grain and ate them. But the Pharisees said, Why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus said in Luke 6, 3, Have you not read this, what David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he went into the house of God, took and ate the showbread, and also gave some to those who were with him, which is not lawful for any but the priests to eat? And he said to them, The Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus referred to this event in David's life to show that human need supersedes rituals and regulations. All the law is summed up in the most excellent way of love. Now, a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day, detained before the Lord, and his name was Doeg, an Edomite the chief of the herdsmen who belonged to Saul. Why this descendant of Esau, who was a chief herdsman of Saul, was at the tabernacle, we don't know. But he would later play a significant role in the story. David saw him and was concerned that he would report back to Saul. And David said to Ahimelech, Is there not here on hand a spear or a sword? For I have brought neither my sword nor my weapons with me because the king's business required haste. So the priest said, The sword of Goliath, the Philistine whom you killed in the valley of Elah, there it is wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you will take it, take it. For there is no other except that one here. And David said, There is none like it. Give it to me. Now, what was the real reason for David not having his own sword with him? Perhaps the weapons were under guard, and David knew that to request it would give him away. He had told Saul that he was going to be with his family for a feast, and he didn't want to raise any attention otherwise. When David was younger, he relied on his sling and the Lord to defeat Goliath. But now he relied on a sword increasingly David was turning to the weapons of the flesh. He was a desperate man on a slippery slope. Why Goliath's sword was at the tabernacle is a mystery, but David was certainly glad to get it. Then David arose and fled that day from before Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. Gath was the Philistine city from which Goliath came. Now, why did David go there? He probably thought it was the one place where Saul wouldn't come looking for him. You know, my wife, before she became a Christian, was a Jehovah's Witness. And when she felt God drawing her out of that cult, she came to our church because she knew that it was the one place that they wouldn't come looking for her. And she came there looking for counsel about how to be a Christian. And of course, that's where I met her. Their loss would be my gain. Fleeing to a church was a good move for my wife, Cindy, but fleeing to the Philistines was not a good move for David. He was leaning on his own understanding and really he had no business being there. It's dangerous to seek security in the world. We are safest when we are in the Lord's hands wherever we may be. God had already shown David at Naoth that he was able to protect him from the hand of Saul. But lest we find fault with David for this lapse of faith, how many times do we become fearful of people or adverse circumstances? And it's easy for us to forget that God is in control and if God is for us, then it doesn't matter who is against us. God will keep us and bring to pass his good purpose in our lives. Jesus said that not even one sparrow falls to the ground apart from our father's will. And we are worth more than many sparrows. So if you fear God, you don't need to fear anybody else. And the servants of Achish said to him, Is this not David, the king of the land? Did they not sing of him to one another in dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands? We must question the wisdom of David showing up in Goliath's hometown carrying Goliath's sword. What kind of reception did he really expect to get when he had killed their hero? It is interesting that the Philistines had received the report that David was the king of the land, even though he wasn't king yet. Even the enemies of Israel were becoming aware that David was destined to be king, even if Saul was doing everything in his power to stop it. It was also reported to the Philistines that the women of Israel danced and sang about David. Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. David's reputation definitely preceded him. Now David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. So he changed his behavior before them, pretending madness in their hands, scratched on the doors of the gate and let his saliva fall down on his beard. Then Achish said to his servants, Look, you see the man is insane. Why have you brought him to me? Have I need of madmen that you have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? Once again, David was resorting to his own schemes to get him out of a sticky and dangerous situation. It's tragic that this war hero, this man after God's own heart, was having to resort to pretending to be crazy to survive. It did accomplish David's goal of freeing him from the grasp of the Philistines, Because Achish said, do I need another madman around here? And so the Philistines let David go and actually drove him away. But it also shows that David was still leaning on his own understanding in trying to deal with these increasingly difficult circumstances. The Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 10.3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That is how God wants us to fight our battles, not resorting to the carnal weapons of this world, but trusting in the Lord with all our hearts and relying upon the word of God and prayer. And with these weapons, we can be victorious in any battle. The beautiful thing about David is that even though outwardly he was doing everything in his power to escape death, yet inwardly he was still trusting in the Lord. We know this because at the same time he was pretending to be mad before the Philistines, He wrote Psalms 34 and 56. I'd like to close by reading a section of Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the
1: man who trusts in him. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the the through-the-Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow we'll see that while David hides in a cave, 400 men join him. And when Saul murders the priest who helped David, the priest's son flees to find David. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 1 Samuel on Simply the Bible.